Well, good morning, my brothers. It's great to see you all this morning. Um, I tell you, there's nothing like waking up at 6 o'clock in the morning here in a church full of men singing hallelujah. <laughs> like a lion coming out of the jungle, man. It's awesome. <clears throat> Guys, this morning uh, we have two altar servers with us, Matthew and Luke. Uh, they're Lee's sons. And uh, we were in the sacristy getting ready for Mass, and uh, they said, they told their dad this morning, they're getting up and ready to go to Mass to serve. It's like, Dad, it feels like we're getting ready to go fishing. <laughs> It's like, isn't that ironic? That's what the gospel is all about, right? <clears throat> Getting ready. Going fishing. This is what's happening in the gospel today. We're going to tease it out for a second. There's some incredible jewels to learn about today's gospel. you got to imagine, put yourself in Simon Peter's uh, shoes, right? Um, Jesus is speaking to the crowds. you got to imagine this. There's so many people that are gathering around Jesus as the crowds were pressing in on him, so much so that he's on the, the edge, you know, of the water. And he's like, well, I could just walk on it like I've done before, but I'm not going to do that in front of everybody. He's on the edge and he sees two boats. And people are anxious to hear the word of God and they're pressing in. So he sees the two boats and it's interesting that the gospel says he got into the boat that belonged to Simon. Now, this is Simon Peter, right? Uh, this is the one who goes on to become the Pope. Okay, this is the one Jesus chooses. So there's this awesome, interesting uh, understanding that Jesus gets in Simon's boat. Nobody else's. And he says to Simon, first of all, he gets into a boat and he tells a man what to do in his own boat. That's not too cool, right? He says, push off. So he goes off and Jesus sits. Interesting, right? Whenever the bishop sits down, whenever he ordained me, the bishop didn't stand up to ordain me. He sat down, and that was the conversation he would have with me and the newly ordained. So the bishop is standing as an apostle of Christ, and the authority is symbolized in the sitting posture. He's sitting to teach. Now, whenever I was in Rome about a month ago, I was blessed and fortunate enough to celebrate the Holy Mass, uh, come celebrate it, underneath the chair of St. Peter. This was the wooden chair that Peter would sit in and he would teach, right? So Jesus sits down in Peter's boat and he teaches. And Peter, at first, whenever Jesus tells Peter, push off, <clears throat> he says, because they had finished, they were washing their nets, and he says, he says to him, um, Put out into the deep water and lower your nets for the catch. Now, they just cleaned all the nets. And Simon Peter is immature in his emotions. And he says, Master, we've worked hard all night and we've caught nothing. Right? Peter's complaining. Jesus just asked him to do something. And he's complaining. He's arguing with Jesus. Master, we've, we've, we've fished all night. Are you kidding me? We've caught nothing. But, all right, we'll do it if you want to. You ever have your kids do that? You ask them to go do something, and they complain, but then they go do it anyway? I used to do that all the time with my mom. Mitch, it's time to go empty the trash. Oh, Mom, I don't feel like emptying the trash right now. But all right, I'll go. <laughs> this is what Peter's doing. He's immature in his emotions. He's still growing up in the spiritual life. He doesn't quite get it yet, Right? So Jesus isn't sitting there and asking Peter for his skills, 
As men, we love to have people ask us for our skills. Hey, buddy, I need some help. You're the best at this. Can you help me fix my car? We love people to ask us for our skills. Jesus is not asking Peter for his skills. He's asking Peter for his obedience. Peter, just be obedient to what Jesus is asking you. No, it doesn't make sense, Peter. You're absolutely right. You've been fishing all night long. You've caught nothing. But you know what? Jesus doesn't care about that. He's asking you to be obedient. And in your obedience, Peter, you're going to catch more fish than you could ever dream of. You see, that's the key for us as men, as people of God. Jesus doesn't need our help in the salvation of souls. He needs our obedience. He needs our cooperation with His work. You see, notice it was Peter that threw the nets over, but who made the miracle happen? Jesus made it happen. Peter couldn't claim that one. He couldn't go out into the streets and start bragging to all of his friends how many fish he caught and say, yeah, I caught a fish that was this big. No, Jesus caught that fish. You just cooperated, Peter. Right? I think that's important for us to know. That as you and I go out into the vineyard, as we go out fishing, so to speak, what are we fishing for? Jesus says it. You're going to be fishing, Peter, but not for the normal fish, not the sockelet and the bass and the redfish. You're going to be fishing for souls. That's what you're doing. And it's not going to be by your own actions. You will cooperate with my grace in obedience, Peter. And when you do that, the catch is going to be unbelievable. And what's the response of Peter? It's humility. You see, that's when we know it's the grace of the Holy Spirit. Whenever we've sinned, Peter sinned in his pride. He was immature. He's a boy. And he sinned. What's the response? It's not, oh gosh, now I'm going to beat myself up because I didn't do the right thing. Whenever Jesus asked me to do it, I didn't do what he wanted me to do. Now I'm going to beat myself up. No, that's immature boy, Peter. Peter, that's becoming a man who's now learned what obedience is to Jesus. What does Peter do? In true humility and repentance, Peter falls down at the feet of Jesus and repents. Forgive me, Lord, from a sinful man. No need to be a boy about repentance. Right? We be a, be a man whenever we repent. We've done something wrong. Be a man and go ask for forgiveness from your wife from your friends, from whoever it might be, your boss, most importantly from the Lord. And don't beat yourself up. That's not what Peter does. You know, I think this gives us a great example in our world today. You know, I think we're having a crisis in our world. Is that boys don't know how to be men. I see it on college campus all the time. You have 19, 20, 21, 24, 25-year-old men. Looks like a man, acts like a boy. Why? Because... No one ever mentored that boy. No one ever brought him up to be a man. No one ever told him, Peter, it doesn't matter what your emotions are saying right now, just do what I'm telling you to do because it's the right thing to do. There's a crisis in our culture today. And it's because men haven't taught boys how to be men. And it comes very natural to us, guys. This is what, this is what we do. It's how we mentor. We do it naturally, right? Whenever I was at the National Vocations Directors Conference last week, the, uh, one of the formation directors for one of the seminaries said that he prays this prayer with his seminarians. Every time they have a conference, he'll pray this prayer with them. And I just want to read a little bit of it, and I've got copies of it for you over here. 
The way that he does it is he's the, the vice rector and the seminarians are sitting out there and they respond back and forth. So he'll say the statement, he'll say, a boy is concerned that he is liked and they respond, a man is concerned that he would be respected. And they all respond, Jesus, give me the grace to desire it. Right. I'm going to read just a few of these for you, and I'm going to ask you to say the Jesus, give me the grace to desire it part. All right? I'll say both parts, but imagine this is going back and forth from man to boy. Man to boy. He's teaching them what it means to be a man. Ready? A boy is concerned that he is liked. A man is concerned that he will be respected. Jesus, give me the grace to desire it. A boy is infatuated with, with the immediate. A man looks to ultimate consequences. Jesus, give me the grace to desire it. A boy is mainly self-focused. A man looks out for others. Jesus, give me the grace to desire it. A boy goes along with his environment. A man influences his environment. A boy is impressed by a show. A man looks more deeply at character and principle. A boy needs external discipline to stay on the right path. A man imposes his own inner disciplines. A boy tends to brag and to strut. A man does not exalt himself, but lets his actions speak. A boy whines and complains at difficulty. There's Peter, right? A man does not complain, but either acts or endures. I like this one. A boy wants a mother to care for him. A man wants a wife as a partner in mission. A boy waits passively for life to happen to him. A man takes initiative according to his deeds. It goes on and on like this. There's more. Imagine if men would take this prayer and do this with their sons every night or every morning training them, teaching them. They're hearing it. This is what it means to be a man. We don't sit there and use women because they're for the sake of selfishness, but we desire someone to be on mission with us. Right? Like, this is incredible. This is what Jesus is trying to do to Peter. He's trying to grow Peter up. He's trying to say, Peter, you're just a boy. You look like a man. You act like a man. You strut like a man. You talk like a man. You do the things that men do, but inside you're just a boy. And Jesus says, Peter, I know that the world says as men, we need your stuff. We need your skills. But Jesus said, I'm not asking for your skills, Peter. I'm asking for your obedience. And when you're obedient to the Lord, guys, he's going to multiply it a hundredfold. It will be amazing. So what's going on in our families? Surrender it to Jesus. Give that to Jesus. Don't complain about me and my wife aren't getting along. My kids aren't always here. These things are going on. Surrender that to Jesus. And he will indeed multiply and bring about incredible grace. Why? Because it's what he does. But as long as Peter would have been hard-headed and acting like a boy, he wouldn't have been able to experience the great gift that Jesus had in store for us. And so we're in the same boat. Literally. When you're in the boat of Peter... That boat is what we would call the whole one holy Catholic and apostolic church. When you're in that boat, when you're listening to that Pope speak, whenever you're letting that man guide us in the ways of morals and faith, 
whenever we're listening to the Pope, speak to us. He's guiding us. He's in charge of that boat. He's teaching us what it means to be men, what it means to be followers of Christ. And a boy will argue against it. A boy will sit there and say, well, I don't agree with them. Guys, our Pope is the vicar of Christ. He stands in the boat of Peter. How do we support our Holy Father? Do we pray for Him as much as we complain about some of the things that He says? A boy doesn't complain. A boy complains. A man takes actions. Right? And so these things are so important for us, guys. This is what it means to be men. To be in the boat of Peter. To not waver. To be obedient to what Jesus asks us to do. Right? In our families, to lead them. Right? The prayer is right over here for you guys as you go out. I would encourage you, even if you don't have sons, take it. It still teaches us. We're all growing. <laughs> I don't care how old we are. We're still growing in full maturity in the faith. And so let us offer this Mass up today. Right? For our families, uh, for our college students. You know? That we can have men like yourselves that can help mentor um, our college men. It's what we need. Right? Boys who need to be told how to be men and shown how to be men. Amen.